All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Velvet Owl Watches Movies, so you don't have to. Of course, remember, you still can watch the movies if you want to, but you don't have to, thanks to me. This week, uh, we are watching Who's Your Caddy? A, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of racist to point out that it's all black, especially since it's not all black. I think there are white people in this, but predominantly black. So like an urban remake. I don't know. It's a, we'll say modern. It's a modern remake of Caddyshack starring Big Boy of Outcast fame, who personally I've always liked Big Boy more than Andre. Andre's cool, but he's kind of just, I don't know, he he doesn't quite have the skill that Big Boy does, in my opinion. And so he kind of makes up for it by being all weird and wacky. Um, also in this film is Terry Crews. So, I mean, that alone is going to be awesome, because I love Terry Crews. He is just fucking hilarious. And Jeffrey Jones, here listed in the cast list. So I'm guessing, I'm hoping it's the same Jeffrey Jones that was the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So he could uh, have some winning moments himself. Um, so this is one of those, hey, they remade a classic. Except, my opinion, I don't know. Caddyshack is considered a classic. But I think it's kind of like an odd film in that it was... Hey, we got Chevy Chase, we got Bill Murray, we got Roddy Dangerfield. They're comedic legends, so we'll just toss them in, and it'll be comedy gold. And I think, like, the film is just kind of, like, split up between, like, trying to be a film for each of them. So, like, a kind of a vehicle for each of their strengths. And it doesn't really mesh together. And if I remember correctly, none of them are even, like, a major part of the film, the Film is kind of centered around the fucking caddies who are like bland and boring, and the gopher, gopher who is fucking hilarious. And I'm hoping the gopher is back for this because without him, what's the point? Um, but you know, I mean, everyone like remembers, you know, the baby roof and the pool scene and trying to blow up the gopher, and that's about it, really. Do you even remember what Chevy Chase did in that film? I don't. I remember he tried to putt and go. Blah, 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 Because that was supposed to be funny or something. And you know what? Chevy Chase is funny with the right material. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen Caddyshack in a long time, but I've always felt it was kind of overrated. I never saw the, like, it had, it had its moments, but I never thought it was like, wow, one of the greatest comedies of all time. So that that's an advantage for Who's Your Caddy and the fact that, I don't really like the original all that much, so I might like this version. So we'll sh- we shall see. What is it like for the snobs versus the slobs in Who's Your Caddy? So after a lot of movie studio logos, we get a shot with the country club with that song, that classical, that famous classical music song. I don't know what it's called, but like, do, 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 
do 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 and that gets intercut with shots of a couple Range Rovers driving down this idyllic countryside, blaring some rap music. I'm not hip with the rap music, so I don't know who it is. <laughs> but I'm imagining that it's some popular rap song. And it cuts back and forth. Then we see, like, the white people, the old white people watching a game of polo. Well, do, do, do. Do, 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 do. And then cut back to the Range Rovers with their rap music, and then back to the old people. And I think this film's gonna be more than just, you know, snobs versus slobs. It's gonna be old, stuffy white people versus the young, hip rap kids who happen to be black. I'm, I can feel it. I can sense that there's gonna be a lot of racist jokes. Not necessarily that the jokes are racist themselves, just jokes about racism and how old white people just don't get it with these young black people and their hippity hop music. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing some of the jokes will also be racist. So, and I mean, there's probably going to be like some white kids, you know, the son or daughter of one of the stuffy white rich people and they're gonna get it they're gonna be into the hip-hop and so there's gonna be oh there's gonna be all sorts of comedy just based around the differences between old white men and young black rap superstars the range rovers pull up and big boy gets out along with his posse which includes sherry shepherd as his publicist i think or manager <clears throat> yeah, excuse my throat clearing there. If this were a professional podcast, I'd probably edit that out. But this is a lazy podcast, so you get warts and all. Warts and all. So Big Boy, he's there because he wants to join up. He wants a membership. Because I guess he likes golf or wants to join the country club. I'm sure at some point we will learn why he wants to join this particular country club. We don't know so far. He just wants to sign a membership. But the secretary's like, oh, well, you can't just come up and sign for a membership. You have to get an invitation. And Big Boy's like, yeah, whatever. I'm fucking Big Boy. Well, not Big Boy, because, you know, his character's name is C-Note. But I'm going to keep referring to him as Big Boy, because he is Big Boy in my heart. But he runs into the office where it is Jeffrey Jones, Ferris Bueller's principal, Jared... Jeffrey Jones, with a mustache, because he's sleazy. He's the sleazy old white guy, and he's with a bunch of other stuffy old white guys, and they're going through people who are trying to get a membership and rejecting them, like Bill Clinton. No, we can't have him. And Rosie O'Donnell, we can't have dykes on spikes. That's what he said. I'm quoting him. Don't get mad at me for using the D word. It's, it's a quote from a film. So, I'm loud. And Big Boy, he just waltzes right in because he's fucking Big Boy and he's got his posse. And what are you going to do about it? And, you know, he says he wants a application. And Jeffrey Jones is like, Splendid! You can feed the horses and or clean out the stables or carry bags because he's a fucking racist who thinks, Well, this black guy... He must want a job. 
And all that black people are good for is being caddies and cleaning the stalls. There's no way a black person would want to actually be a member. Because, <laughs> you know, they can't be rich enough. So, yeah, I told you. This, this film is going to tackle racism in a not a very good way. Now, Sherry Shepard presents to Jeffrey Jones a briefcase full filled with a million dollars. Million dollars. Well, I did that completely wrong. But that's okay, because that does anyone like really still get that reference of like Austin Powers? Like one million dollars. Which again, I did not do it anywhere close. But it's okay, because I think that's not something people really like use as a joke anymore. Do they? They should. Or should not. But so, you know, membership's only 500000 but they're willing to pay a million dollars so they can circumvent all the bullshit, like, waiting list and application shit. But, you know, Jeffrey Jones, he's like, it's a very exclusive club, i.e. it's fucking white. It's fucking white bread club. You know, big boy, why do you want this club in the first place? I understand now. Now that you've been rejected for being black, then of course, yeah. Now I understand why you want to be part of this club just to fucking stick it to them. Why did you want to be part of it in the first place? There's got to be better golf club resorts, right? Country clubs? I don't know. I, I'm i not rich, so I don't know what it's like for rich people and what the appeal of country clubs are. Except, you know, maybe like fucking the rich girl's daughter the the rich people's daughter in the uh pool house changing closet i don't know i don't even know the proper terminology for a, for use in a country club but big boy has taken offense and he's going to leave but warns him that he will be back with more black people now since Big Boy is, like, fucking rich and just has all this money. He decides he's going to buy the house that's across, not the street, but across the river of the country club. Or of Jeffrey Jones' house. I'm not sure yet. Um, maybe Jeffrey Jones lives in the country club. Whatever. He's in the neighborhood. Big Boy bought with cash just straight out the house in the neighborhood because he's going to be part of this fucking neighborhood because, you know, if he can't get into the country club... He is going to bring his black friends and have parties on his property, and there's nothing they can do about it. Meanwhile, Jeffrey Jones, he's getting ready for his day or whatever, like clipping his nose hairs and all that. And his wife, who's like half his age, obvious like trophy model wife, she kind of looks like Tiffany Am Amber Thiessen, but I don't think it's her. So we'll call her not Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And she's... Got an appointment with the golf coach, which obviously she's fucking the golf coach. We know it. And Jeffrey Jones just seems to not care. And, you know, she, even though she's dressed all slutty to go for a golf lesson, and obviously she's trying to point it out, like, oh, how do I look? And he's like, rah, rah, rah. he's not even looking at her. So she just strips and she's naked and asks, like, do you think this will be appropriate? And again, he's not looking... Though he gives her a kiss. Somehow he gives her... A, he does give her a kiss and does not notice that she is fucking naked. 
And obviously, his erectile dysfunction penis hasn't popped up, boing. Because even though we only see her from behind and can't actually see the goods, I'm sure the goods are enough to make an erectile dysfunction penis still go boing. Somehow he just doesn't notice, because it's that kind of film where people don't behave like real people behave in real life. Which, you know, no matter how much contempt you have for your trophy wife, you're gonna fucking notice if she's naked. It's just the way it is. Like, I notice when the neighbor, like, five houses down is naked. There's just something in the air like, hey, they're naked. I can't account for it. I don't know. And I'm not really running over to double check it, so I could be completely wrong on my naked dar. <laughs> so, but if someone in front of me was naked, I would definitely notice. So Jeffrey Jones is on the golf course with some other crusty, stuffy white guy. Discussing about how they're going to try to get the U.S. Open on his golf course. Which, I guess Jeffrey Jones owns this golf course? Or I don't know. Whatever. The country club. They're trying to score the U.S. Open. And they're talking, but, oh no, they hear some noise blaring. What's that? Big Boy is making a rap video at one of the holes with his hose. They didn't say that. I said it. It seemed like a funny joke to go with. It was not. I did not mean to disrespect the women who are dancing scantily clad for Big Boy's video. But, of course, you know, old stuffy white guys, they're not happy about this. Like, oh, no, what are you doing? You're trespassing. But as Sherry Shepard tells them, apparently this part of the golf course was part of land owned by this other old white guy that was leased out to the golf course, but the lease ran out just yesterday. And it didn't get renewed. So that part of the golf course now belongs to the owner of that property, of that house. And who was it? Oh, yeah. It was the house that Big Boy bu just bought. Oh, snap. Big Boy's got you over a barrel, Jeffrey Jones. And Jeffrey Jones is like, well, how much do you want for it? He's like, Big Boy's like, it's not about the money. I want to be in the country club. So Jeffrey Jones says he's going to see what he can do about it. So, again, why is this particular country club so important? Well, I mean, at this point, like, this is just a matter of, like, principle. But why was it in the first place? I mean, Big Boy, you probably could just buy your own fucking country club. In fact, why didn't you just buy this country club and then keep everyone as a member except for Jeffrey Jones? That should have been your plan. That's what I would have done if I had the money to waste. So the stuffy old white guy from the U.S. Open tells Jeffrey Jones that, you know, they're not going to get the U.S. Open if this is the kind of crap that, well, shenanigans, I forget the word he uses, that's going to go on at the golf course. And Jeffrey Jones assures him, like, you know, this is just a mistake. This isn't how it normally is. So Jeffrey Jones goes to his lawyer, who's a sassy black woman. Because. So see, you know, Jeffrey Jones isn't racist. He has a black lawyer. And she tells him, you know, that, you know, the options are 
buy them out or give them a membership. And the membership is probably the smarter idea. But Jeffrey Jones says no, because he's a rapper. And this isn't a strip club. It's a gentleman's club. And, yo, Jeffrey Jones, that's straight up racist. Especially, isn't gentleman's club just a fancy term for strip club anyhow? So you you have, like, the worst, most boring gentleman's club, in my opinion. So the lawyer goes over to Big Boy and is trying to buy him out. And she knows the truth. She knows he isn't, like, from the streets. Apparently he went to, like, a fancy college and got a business degree and played polo. Which, wow. You know, a lot of levels to... A lot of layers to Big Boy. He isn't just about gangster rap. He's about polo. And she tries to buy him out with a measly $3 million. Which... You know, she should know better knowing that Big Boy has this business degree because he knows that the property is worth at least $5 million. That is just a fucking insult, really. And all Big Boy wants, the only thing he'll settle for is the membership. Jeffrey Jones, you got to just give him the membership. It'll be so much easier. He'll probably even behave. He's just being an asshole right now because you won't let him in your fucking club. So the lawyer delivers the news to Jeffrey Jones, and he's upset because, you know, the PGA or, you know, whatever golf authority there is that's going to make the decision on the U.S. Open, they're going to be there in three weeks. And the kind of behavior that Big Boy is bound to behave in, fucking racist, is going to disqualify them from getting the U.S. Open. But, lawyer lady... She has a brilliant plan. See, every membership has a four-week probation period. Which means that if he does anything wrong, in that four weeks, he's automatically disqualified and dismembered. And is that really, is that the term dismembered if you kick someone out of a membership? Because that just makes me think of like, you know, getting like your body limbs hacked off dismembered that's not a song but it should be i don't know i got confused because i'm trying to think of i had some joke about what was it disarmed yeah whatever you can guess where that was going hopefully because i don't know where it was going but this is the brilliant plan which is what I said, like, you know, Big Boy will be on his best behavior. If you just treat him with respect. Don't be a fucking racist. So, I guess they must have gotten their membership, because here comes Big Boy and his crew in a fucking helicopter, just landing right on the golf course to the tune of um, Ride of the Valkyries. Is it right of Valkyries? Do 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 Wow, that was just awful on my part. But yeah, so I'm guessing Big Boy and his boys have got a membership. They're gonna turn this country club upside down. Over at the stables, wherever or wherever, like, the caddies are hanging out or the stable boys are hanging out. 
Um, and they're doing all sorts of bets with this one white boy. Because everyone's black except for the one white boy caddy, stable guy. And this is a fucking racist country club, I tell you. And But this white guy, he's like amazing at golf, apparently. Like, he can just shoot like all sorts of like crazy trick shots. And the head of the stables is fucking Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The original, not the remake. You know, which, why did they remake it as, like, a gritty, like, drama? Fuck that. That show was awesome. It's fucking hilarious. And so it's Uncle Phil. And then Big Boy shows up, and apparently he knows Uncle Phil. So I think I see where this is going. It looks like he's friends with a couple of the people here. So it's probably something deep, and that's probably why he wants this particular country club. Because Uncle Phil is probably, like, his uncle. Uncle Phil is everyone's uncle. But then this uh, they make the bet, and this guy does this crazy trick shot where I can't even explain it because it is so preposterous. But it's also a thing of beauty, and he makes the trick shot. And I'm not sure which side Big Boy bet on, so I don't know if he won or lost the bet. Now, Jeffrey Jones is trying to get a good game of golf in, but... Oh no! What happens? Here comes Big Boy and his crew in a fucking completely tricked out. Is that the right term? Tricked out, blinged out? I don't know. I am not hip or with it, or even with it of like 20 years ago. So I don't know like what the proper terminology is. But they fucking like modified their golf cart to be fucking badass and. Just what exactly what you would expect, really. It's like painted black and it's got some sweet steel rims. And they come in, it totally throws Jeffrey Jones off his game. And they're ready to start playing. And there's this guy taking photographs from behind a tree, which I don't know who he is, but he was taking photos earlier too when Big Boy first arrived. So I don't know if he's like paparazzi or if he's like from the golf association trying to find some reason to turn down this country club i don't know we shall find out shan't we and so uh big boy and his crew they're playing golf and then we get a shot of a guy in a speedo who's trying to impress some bikini chicks who aren't paying attention to him and i'm like well okay this is just kind of a random cutaway shot but why? Because then one of the crew, they hit the golf ball, and it just goes flying erratically, and hits this guy straight in the balls. Hilarity. Um, I don't know. Since I've started doing this podcast, I've given up and just accepted that getting hit in the balls is just going to be, like, a way of life with these films. <laughs> it's... I... You know, I think, like, every comedy film I've done so far in the series has had someone getting hit in the balls. So, yeah, I just have to accept that that is the way of life. Getting hit in the balls is comedy. But this guy deserved it for wearing a Speedo. And he gets hit in the balls and the bikini chicks still don't pay any attention to him. Cosmic justice. Now... The caddy, the white boy caddy, who's now big boy's caddy, gives him some advice on how to hit the ball. Because, remember, this white boy caddy is like a fucking golf savant. 
And he, Big Boy does it, and it gets him a really good shot. Doesn't get him into the hole, but a good shot, I assume. I don't know. I don't know the rules of golf. All I know is that, you know, if you hit it in one, you go, golf in one! Or, <laughs> golf, that should be what people say, hole in one. And you yell, four! And stuff like that, and you have that weird little, like, golf hat and golf pants that Big Boy is fucking rocking. I'll say that. He is pulling this off. He should not be able to pull off this outfit, but he's fucking Big Boy, so he does pull it off. And he's excited at the advice the caddy gave him, and the caddy says, Who's your caddy? <sighs> you know, deep down, I knew that line would at some point come up. And I had hoped that maybe I was wrong. Just maybe, maybe just once I was wrong on a bad movie going for such an obvious line, but it breaks my heart. And wow, Big Boy really did trick out his ride because the golf cart also has nitro boosters. Nitrous boosters? Whatever. Whatever they use, you know? Like fucking Fast and the Furious shit and make your car go super fast. That's what they did with this. And it gets a little out of control and they crash into a fence, sending one of Big Boy's crew, of course the big fat guy, flying, and he lands on Jeffrey Jones. Oh no. Ouch. Boo-hoo. Ha-ha. I don't know. I'll admit I did kind of laugh at it. It was dumb, but sometimes dumb works. And dumb definitely worked here. Now they're at the country club part of the dinner. Or the dinner part. The dinner area of the country club. And, of course, Big Boy and his crew come by and smack Jeffrey Jones on the back. Because... And a friendly, like, hey, what's it going? How's it going? And Jeffrey Jones' wife is there, dressed all... Well, I won't say she's dressed all slutty, but her cleavage is, like, way out. So much that you can't just help but stare at it. So, you know, Mr. Jeffrey Jones, don't get mad at me if I'm staring at your wife's tits. She's got them out on display, and they're very nice tits. So take it as a compliment, because I'm sure you paid for her tits. And they did a very nice job. And Fat Boy, he comes and he starts flirting with her. And my boy's got game. He's got game and she's into it. And I think they're going to fuck. I think they will fuck by the end of this film. And good for both of them. Now, for some reason, Big Boy's crew, his posse. Was I referring to him as his crew or his posse? I don't remember. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's 50 years of hard drinking will do that to you, which I'm not even 50 years old, so it's kind of excessive. But for some reason, they're in the bathroom, butt naked, and we see their asses, so it's always interesting, you know, male asses will get you a PG-13, female asses will get you an R- Unless it's Milo Jovovich in The Fifth Element, who for some reason that was enough to get like PG 13. Or Kate Winslet in Titanic. That was PG 13 and she's showing her tits. I don't quite understand like 
the reasoning behind the movie ratings. But so we got three big naked asses and they're shaving at the um fountain. Not the oh, the sink. So they're shaving, which I guess they need to be completely naked to do. I don't know. I mean, I don't shave because I'm a man. I'm a manly man, and I have a beard, so I don't shave. But I imagine if I were to shave, I wouldn't need to be naked while doing it. And, of course, the stuffy old white guy comes in, and he's like, oh, what's... And he just looks stuffy. He doesn't even say anything. He doesn't even look, like, all that perturbed. He just kind of looks at them, and since he's a stuffy old white guy, of course, you know, we got to just assume he's racist and, like, disgusted that there's naked black people. And Fat Boy's just all, like, and doing some song and dance and starts farting. So I guess that's some more humor. And then they get dressed, and Big Boy and the crew are looking at all the trophies, and Jeffrey Jones' son... Who's played by Andy Milak, Andy Milanakis? However, fuck your name. That guy who's like looks like a kid, but he's like fifty. So I don't know if he's supposed to like still be like you know having his like never aging disease, or he's just supposed to be a teenager here, preteen. I'm not sure, but he's a fan of Big Boy, and he's talking to him, and they see like a big like trophy for polo and he lets them know that you know anyone who's got the money can sign up for this polo tournament so of course yeah big boy's gonna sign up and his team's gonna win i can feel it i can sense it oh by the way also they were looking at pictures of like you know the old champions and of course they're all like old white guys and the one black guy they could find in a picture was a caddy and Big Boy gets this wistful look in his eyes, and this is why he's doing it. It's for all the brothers out there that never got a chance. And I don't know, maybe he knows this caddy. I, there's something, there's got to be something as far as this particular country club that Big Boy is attached to. We don't know it yet. And so it's time for the night's festivities, where they award the jackets to all the new members. And it's time for Big Boy's jacket, but... Uh-oh. Looks like his membership has been revoked. Because he has violated several of the country club's rules. Like, oh no. This isn't good. So lawyer lady comes out and she's saying that, you know, you can't have prop personal aircraft on the club. But! Ooh! Technicality! The helicopter never actually landed on the golf club. It just hovered. So technically, it was never on the grounds. So, no, can't disqualify him for that. And then, firearms aren't allowed. And the bodyguard, he had a firearm. But, oh, no, sorry, he has a signed letter from the mayor that apparently trumps the rules of the country club and says he can carry that pistol anywhere and everywhere at any time, which is interesting. You know I mean? I would just argue, you know, the second amendment, like, fuck you. I'm allowed to carry a gun. Isn't that how it works? 
So, you know, this fucking rich, snooty country club does not believe in the Second Amendment. Fuckers. And then, I think they're about to try to list more violations, but out comes Garrett Morris. Yes, Garrett Morris, a.k.a. the funniest member of the original cast of Saturday Night Live, which, by law, makes him the funniest cast member ever. Okay, I mean, there was a lot of good people in that original cast, but Garrett Morris, why why did he not get, like, the proper, like, career afterwards? He should have been a huge fucking star. He is awesome, and he is awesome here as some sort of reverend lawyer or something, and he gives, like, this great sermon that I cannot possibly do justice to, Um, but all about how, you know, they're just trying to keep black people down and not allow black people to eat Captain Crunch. I swear, that is actually part of his sermon. And I agree with him. I agree that black people should be allowed to eat Captain Crunch. I feel kind of weird, actually, right now, because at the time of recording this, uh, just like the other day, will be like a few weeks afterwards when this runs, um, there was this shooting in Buffalo that was racially motivated. So I didn't know any of the victims personally, but I do know people who knew some of the victims. So now I feel kind of weird being like, yeah, they're oppressing black people and trying to have fun with it. So, but, you know, I'm not trying to downplay any of it. Like, I'm just trying to keep this podcast lighthearted and the film itself is kind of dumb and lighthearted so we're just having fun here so i'm not trying to downplay by having this joke about how black people should be allowed to eat captain crunch even though technically you know they should be allowed to i i do not want to live in a world that says black people cannot eat captain crunch just fuck that fuck that noise but uh, the sermon just stirs up everyone, and everyone agrees. Big Boy gets to keep his jacket. He is still a member of the country club. Now, Big Boy's crew is going to head into town to party. But Big Boy, he's going to stay behind because he wants to try to mack it to the lawyer lady. And, you know, she she rejects him. She turns down his offer to spend the night. But I can sense that her icy heart is starting to thaw. It's it's only going to be a matter of time, but Big, big Boy's going to slide in there. Because he's Big Boy. Really, how much are you going to be able to resist? And also, the fat guy, Fat Boy, he's making googly eyes with Jeffrey Jones's wife. And she's showing off his her cleavage and all that. And... He, he senses there's there's a connection there. And I think he's also going to slide it in. He's going to slide into her DMs. I think this movie was before sliding into DMs was a thing. But, yeah, I go for it, dude. Go for it. Jeffrey Jones is not pleasuring her. She needs a real man, and you are a real man, and you make the rest of us fat guys feel like we have a chance. I'm also beginning to think that we're not going to get a gopher in this film. 
and it's like, what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> you probably couldn't hear it on your end, but there was like fluttering. And so I don't know if there's like a bird like trying to get in because it did happen one time. A bird did get into my house out of nowhere and shit all over the place and my cats chased it. But it could have also been my my newest kitten. He's asleep and he does have like a kind of weird like chirp that he does. So it could have been him or it could have been a bird. It wasn't a gopher. Because I think this film does not have a gopher. Which, how are you going to remake Caddyshack and not include a gopher? So Big Boy's crew is at the club now. They're partying. Um, I don't want to... There's that fucking sound again. I think it's a bird. And I really hope that the bird's just like out on the per- porch and not like working its way into the house. Because I, I don't think I can deal with that again. Oh, no, I think that might have just been my little cat. Because he just made a weird sound, and it kind of sounded like the bird sound. So who knows? It's throwing me off. You know, in a professional podcast... No, it's definitely my cat. Um, in a professional podcast, that would have been all cut out, but I keep it real. So, I I give you this podcast warts and all, and I've just gone off and talked about my cat making weird bird sounds instead of the film. That also could be just the fact that this film sucks. And I, my God, I, I don't know if I could get this sound. Do it again, do it again. No, I'm not going to catch it. It is such a weird, like, little snore thing or something. Kind of crazy. But back to the film. So Big Boy's crew is at the nightclub partying. And at the Fear of Sounding Racist, it is a weird party. I, I don't know if this is, like, something they do in black clubs and I'm just not hip and cool with it. But, like, there's dancing girls, like, set off, like, at part of the stage. And the fat guy is teaching Andy Malekness how to slap her ass properly. Which is weird. I don't know if this is... Because normally, cause I don't think this is a strip club, but if it was a strip club, you try to slap an ass, you're getting fucking thrown on your ass. It... That's just the way it is, and I don't know if this film's just because it's older and we hadn't realized yet that you should not just go and smack someone's random ass because it was before we learned that, hey, grab them by the pussy is okay, which actually if we learned that, then slapping an ass is okay. But yeah, uh, like I thought it was going to lead to like Andy Milanakis getting like kicked out of the club or something for slapping her ass, like, well, what's this white boy who we think is 14? Um, I'm not sure. Is he supposed to be 14 or is he like of legal age that they let him into the club? I guess this is just the perks of being part of Big Boy's crew. Except Big Boy isn't there, so I guess. But I don't know. They probably know that the rest of his crew. 
But he gets away with it. And Terry Crews pops up. And fucking love Terry Crews. Uh, if you ever watched, like, a couple years back, he did, like, this Christmas special where he was doing, like, a whole Bob Ross impersonation, just painting and doing, like, the whole Bob Ross thing. And it was oddly, like, hypnotic. And I fucking loved it. So, if you get a chance, check that out. You know, if your choice is Terry Crews doing Bob Ross or Who's Your Caddy, definitely choose Terry Crews doing the Bob Ross thing. But apparently he's Sherry Shepard's ex, and he's just got out of jail, and they do all sorts of weird dancing. Which is like, I don't know, is is it supposed to be a joke that he does this weird dancing? Or is it just normal dancing? And again, I'm not hip with it, and have no idea. And I can't describe it. Dancing is so fucking bizarre. I'm going to learn these dance moves, and if I ever find myself in a club... I will try these dance moves out and see how it works out for me. Meanwhile, Jeffrey Jones has shown up. And I'm not sure if he's at the same club or a different club because they don't, like, run into each other. I thought that's what was about to happen. And, of course, he's just there being, like, an awkward old white guy. But he's brought to a back room. And Tony Cox, if you don't know who he is, He is, like, the one black little person in Hollywood. I swear. Um, dwarf? See, I want... Should I be on PC and use the M word? I don't know. I'm trying to become better. I'm trying to become a better person. So, we'll just go with little person. But anytime there's a... Seriously, there's two little people, as far as I can tell, in Hollywood. A white one... I can't remember his name, and then the black one, Tony Cox, and anytime there's a role for a little person in a Hollywood film, it's one of those two. Actually, now there's Peter Dinklage, but he gets, like, the good roles. I'm talking about, like, B-movies. Before Peter Dinklage, there was only two working little people, as far as I knew. The white guy and the black guy. So, since this has a role for a little person, because... Then Jeffrey Jones starts making, like, all sorts of awkward comments, like, oh, I just have a small job. Small! Like, are you trying to offend me? But anyways, he's ordering a hit out on Big Boy. And they take the hit, because he's gonna pay a hundred grand. Which I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the going rate is for hits. Um, But I would think that if they're gonna take a hit out... On someone as, like, well-known as Big Boy, who probably also, you know, he has his crew and his security. I just feel like that's kind of, I don't know, at least half a mil. At least. That would be my going price. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know much about the world of Hitmen. So I don't know what their going rates are. Now, Big Boy calls to his mama's house. Not Big Mama's house. His mom's house. And she's cooking up some fried chicken. And I gotta say, I don't know why we gave that stereotype to black people. And by we, I don't mean me. Because I had no involvement in it whatsoever. I just mean the royal we. 
why was that stereotype like, oh, black people like fried chicken? Well, fuck yeah, they do. This is fucking delicious. They like great pop. Again, fucking delicious. Why are these stereotypes? I, I question you if you don't like fried chicken. Oh, you're a vegan. Oh, fuck you. You know you like fried chicken. I mean, I personally can't eat fried chicken anymore because my stomach cannot handle it. But fried chicken is fucking delicious. So why are you trying to make it seem like something bad about black people that they like fried chicken? Fried chicken is fucking delicious. You stop with your stereotype. Fried chicken is for everyone. But his mom is asking him, like, oh, when are you going to find a nice girl to settle down with? And he's like, well, I think I found one. She's a lawyer, but she doesn't seem too into me. And, you know, big boy, he, he's... He's feeling it. He's going to win her over. I, I just know it. I'm, I'm pulling for him. I hope you get her, big boy. Show her that, you know, show her the human side of big boy. That you're not just like this big fancy rapper with like the whole girlfriends in your music videos. Not that there's anything wrong with hoes. You know, hoes can be girlfriends too. Don't discount them. And then... Big Boy goes to watch some 8mm films, some home films of him as a kid and his dad. I'm assuming. You know, this could be just a random family that he found their film and he just really enjoys watching it. He loves seeing the look on the face of the kid and the dad playing golf. But I'm going to assume, and you know, you shouldn't assume, but I'm going to assume that it's him and his dad. And... You know, it's a great tender moment, and you can see how much Big Boy misses his dad. Which, it's implied that his dad's dead. I'm just saying. Or somehow out of the picture. But golf was what they, what bonded them. And that's why he wants to play golf. And I still think we're going to find out something with this particular country club. Because, again, there could have been like 5 million country clubs that Big Boy could have joined. But this one particular one. And, you know, was this was this movie before or after, like, Speaker Box, Love Below? Um, that whole era where he was hanging out with that guy who was named Fonsworth, who was just there because he was stylish. And, you know, he had an umbrella and just wore these, like, really super fancy suits. And you're like... God damn, that guy is stylish. What the fuck is he doing there? What is his purpose other than to just look around, stand around looking stylish? And I don't know, did they have a fallout? Because he would have been perfect for this film. Well, I mean, I guess you gotta play up the thug imagery of Big Boy, but Fonsworth could have just been... I guess he can't really, like, there was no spot for him. Because if he's at the country club, like, you know, he'd be too stylish for the fucking racist country club. So now Big Boy, the next day, he's back on the golf course with his caddy, the white boy. And they're talking. And turns out that Big Boy's dad was a caddy at this country club. See, I told you, I told you there was a reason that it was this particular country club that Big Boy had to go to. 
And so now we know. And he tells White Boy Caddy that, you know, he's too good to just be a caddy. He needs to chase his dream and become a golfer. Now, there's a big pool party for Andy Malachnis's birthday. And it said 14th birthday, so I think. I'm not going to rewind and see. But I think it said it's his 14th birthday. Which, how the fuck did he get into that club? He's 14. And I get that they wanted someone who's older to play the part of 14-year-old because it'd be tougher. You know, I guess he's lucky that way. You know, they always have, like, 30- and 40-year-old people playing, like, high school kids. But he actually looks like a high school kid. He actually looks like he's a teenager. Actually, he looks a little too young to even be a teenager. He looks like just an overgrown 8-year-old. So, but it's his party supremely white party just lots of white people he must have no friends there's no one his age everyone's like old like it's kind of sad i mean i didn't have friends but still i managed to get my classmates to come to my birthday party because you know you enticed them with free cake who's gonna turn down free cake apparently the classmates of Andy Milanakis, that he probably has none of those either. Because he's a fucking spoiled rich kid. But he comes in, and he's just had his gangsta makeover. He comes in, they're blaring Ice Cube Wicked. He's got grills on his teeth. Um, he just looks like just the most fucking, like, I was going to say retarded, but we're not going to go there. That's not very nice to say. Just... Really stupid, your complete, like, stereotypical white boy want to be a gangsta. And that's what it is. And his dad's not happy, but he doesn't care. Because he's Andy fucking Milanakis. And he's not going to let his dad stop. And so, of course, the only black people are Big Boy and his crew. Who have snuck some pop brownies into the mix. And he's going to perform. He brought some other rapper with him. I don't know if this is like, well, it's a real rapper, but I don't know. I don't know if he's playing himself or if he's playing another fake rapper. I don't recognize him. You know, I don't really like party rap all that much. Just I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I like, like I'm not a huge rap fan, but I like the grittier stuff, like Public Enemy and N.W.A. And I do like Outkast because they're. Because I do also like kind of that weird, like, crazy rap. And like I said, I still think Big Boy is the true star. He's the true talent in Outkast. But he's got this party rapper, which I guess, you know, it's a birthday pool party. You want a party rapper. So they're doing it. And all these white people are fucking getting down. I mean, as well as, like, old white people can get down. Which I think this might be, like, the most unbelievable part of this film so far. You know what? It's even more unbelievable than the intelligent gopher in the original Caddyshack. <laughs> like, this is just unbelievable that all of a sudden, all these, like, old stuffy white people hear rapping, and they're like, let's get down. But... This isn't just, like, fun and games, because Tony Cox 
and his slightly taller associate are here and they've planted a bomb like oh no and it's right under the stage where big boy and the other rapper are rapping but thankfully andy milanakis saw the slightly taller little person leaving and he thought "Uh oh something's up and he goes and looks under the stage it's the bomb there's five seconds left four seconds three and andy grabs the bomb and he throws it and this guy this kid has got like a fucking amazing arm seriously like how far he managed to throw the bomb and it landed in his dad's car just in time to blow up and blew up his dad's car and that is fucking karma you know jeffrey jones you tried to have big boy killed and instead your car got blown up that is karma and Big Boy tells Sherry Shepard, get me a name of who did this. And Sherry Shepard's like, give me a couple days. So, will they find a name? And will Big Boy exact his revenge? Well, it turns out Jeffrey Jones didn't realize that when he put out the hit, it meant that they were going to kill Big Boy. He didn't quite want that. He just wanted Big Boy out of the picture. I don't know what Jeffrey Jones was thinking, that how it wasn't ordering a hit, but you know he calls Tony Cox because he's mad that the bomb also was at his son's birthday party. So he says like he's not going to pay the rest of the bill or whatever. This might come back to bite him in the ass. Who knows? And then Big Boy goes to Mama's house, and wouldn't you know it, Lawyer lady, sexy lawyer lady is there. And she's come over for dinner because she wants to learn more about Big Boy. And Big Boy's mom is just fucking, like, hilarious because she is a black mom. That sounds really racist that I said. But you get what I'm saying, right? The, The portrayal you've always gotten of the black mom that's, like, very stern and can scare her children no matter how old they are or how many how badass they've become. And she's talking to them like, oh, I just don't understand your generation with all the booty calls and the online sex. And lawyer lady, she laughs. And mama's like, nope, I got your number too. See, you spend all your time in the courtroom instead of the bedroom. Your eggs aren't getting any fresher. That is an exact quote, and that is, like, the fucking, like, greatest quote ever. I love Big Boy's mom. Can we get a whole film about her instead? She is fantastic. And Sexy Lawyer Lady takes the advice, because immediately they go up to Big Boy's bedroom. And they talk a little bit, and they're about to kiss. And cock block! She gets a call, and she has to leave. But... You know, the connection is there. They know. And now she's been up to Big Boy's bedroom. And she knows her eggs aren't getting any fresher. Now it's time for the big polo game. And I don't know. I don't understand polo. It seems like a dumb sport. And I mean, as far even like I think sports are dumb to begin with. I think polo is like a step above. And then water polo is water polo is even step above that. Like, 
what the fuck, polo, but in water? But it's the polo game, and apparently there seems to be no fouls, because Big Boy gets knocked off his horse, flagrantly. It was obvious. No foul, no stop of the game. Even though I think that would be fucking dangerous, because you're falling off your horse, while there's other people on horses that could fucking trample you. No flag, no blow your whistle, like, hey, time out, or anything. And then on top of that, because Jeffrey Jones is about to score the winning goal, the fat guy comes, and he jumps, and he fucking tackles Jeffrey Jones off the horse. Again, no foul, nothing. In fact, fat guy then, like, just swings his mallet and hits the ball all the way across the court or field or whatever you would call it. And scores? I don't know. I Is this how polo is really played? I don't know. But yeah, whatever. Big boys team wins. Jeffrey Jones has now had enough. And unfortunately, there's just nothing he can do to get rid of big boy. So he issues a challenge to big boy. A golf match. I guess a team golf match, it sounds like. I don't know. You have teams in golf? I always thought golf was kind of just single player. I don't know. I don't follow golf. Golf is boring. Golf is what stuffy, rich, old white guys play. But he lays, lays the challenge. Loser has to leave the country club. And Big Boy accepts with one additional stipulation. If he wins, and when he wins, he doesn't say that. He should have said that, like, if I win, and when I win, no, if and when I win, yeah, that's the way you say it, but if Big Boy wins, Jeffrey Jones has to take his name down from the all-time highest scoreboard, because it's a lie, because the real person with the real record is Big Boy's dad, and Uncle Phil, remember, he's in this film, Uncle Phil's there to back him up, because he has kept the scorecard for however many years this has been 20 30 years um yeah it's been a long time and uncle phil has kept the scorecard this whole time as proof and jeffrey jones doesn't believe it he thinks it's a forgery but the bet is on meanwhile terry cruz and sherry shepherd are trying to get tony cox to reveal who ordered the hit i like to know how they found out it was Tony Cox that was, like, well, I mean, I guess if Andy Milanakis saw, like, a little person plant the bomb, there's probably only so many little people hitman out there, so that's probably what led them to it, but Tony Cox won't talk, and Terry Crews just keeps slapping him over and over, and Terry Crews is getting mad, because the more time he spends hitting Tony Cox, less time he spends hitting Sherry Shepard, and not hitting in an abusive way, but hitting it as fucking her, and pounding the shit out of her pussy, okay, he doesn't say it all like that, but he does say, the more time I spend hitting you, the less time I spend hitting her, oh yeah, because Terry Crews, he wants to fuck, but Sherry Shepard, she's like, okay, you know, I'm going to take over and threatens Tony Cox. And Tony Cox doesn't want any of that. Like, okay, I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll talk. 
Now, Big Boy goes up to White Boy Caddy and asks White Boy Caddy to join his team because, you know, he needs someone great to help him win. And really, no one's greater right now than White Boy Caddy. And White Boy Caddy, he's like, I need the job, but you know what? This is more important. I got to chase my dream. And he agrees to be on the team. So it's the day of the big game. And there's still like half an hour left in the movie. So I am like gritting my teeth. Like, is this game going to last the entire half hour? Or is this going to continue on for an interminable amount of time after the game? <sighs> and Jeffrey Jones has uh, it's kind of cheated because he's brought in golf pro Jesper Pernavarkash something. And I don't know. I guess he's a golf pro. I don't know. I don't follow golf. I All I know about golf is Happy Gilmore. And I don't think that was a very realistic movie. Although he had that awesome putter that was like a hockey club or a hockey stick, which I don't think was regulation. So I don't know how he got away with it. So they're playing golf and the fat guy's trying to distract Jeffrey Jones' team by farting and pissing all over the place. And, well, not all over the place. He just pees into the lake. And somehow that doesn't cause sanctions, probably because everyone loves big boys team and somehow you know all this farting and pissing has not turned off jeffrey jones wife she still wants to fuck that fat fuck and kudos kudos my man you know you're not classically attractive you're not classically like well behaved <laughs> there is nothing about you that should attract this fucking hot but obviously shallow chick. So maybe she's opening up and realizing she shouldn't be so shallow. Either way, win-win for you, my man. We're halfway through, and Jeffrey Jones' team is leading by four holes, I guess. I, I don't know how golf is scored. That's what they said. You know... Too bad they didn't say it up by three holes, and then I could make, like, a dirty joke. <laughs> three holes. Har, har, har. But, you know, Big Boy's team is dejected. Like, oh, no, we're losing. And Uncle Phil comes to them, and he gives them a pep talk about, you know, don't worry about the professional golfer. You play against the golf course. And your dad, he didn't care about records. He played because he loved the game. And then hot lawyer chick comes and she tells big boy that you know she quit working for jeffrey jones um which was what like a couple days ago and they she just hasn't had the chance to tell him i guess so big boy's feeling good he thinks that he can win it and you know what i think i i i don't think i can win it but i think he can win it i think big boy can win this now big boy's team has managed to catch up and they've tied the game and it's down to the final hole. The final shot. And it looks hopeless. Because Big Boy needs to hit a hole in one. But it's a nearly impossible shot. They explain it. And I don't know. Let's just trust it. It's an impossible shot. To me, all shots in golf are impossible. Can he do it? And he thinks of his daddy. 
And he remembers playing golf with his daddy. And he hits the ball. And it goes. And it goes. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, why draw out the suspense? You can guess it. Hole in one. They won. Yippee! I knew Big Boy could do it. I knew he could do it. So, does that mean Jeffrey Jones leaves the... Whatchamacallit? The country club? I don't know. I think... Jeffrey Jones is going to be a sore loser, and he's going to try to not leave or kill Big Boy or something. And wait, have they learned that Jeffrey Jones uh, took out the hit on Big Boy? Terry Crews, Terry Shepard, are you too busy fucking to not come up with the come along and be like, hey, this asshole tried to kill Big Boy. They're probably saving it. They're probably saving it for the final moment, the perfect moment to just pop up out of nowhere and be like, hey, this asshole tried to have Big Boy killed. Ask and you shall receive. Here come the police to arrest Jeffrey Jones for taking a hit out on Big Boy. And he claims like, oh, no, it wasn't me. But the bigger of the two little people, not Tony Cox, the other guy, full pimp outfit. Comes up and he's like, yep, that's the man. And then he punches him in the balls. Because, you know, can't get enough comedy out of hitting people in the balls. And so everyone's happy and celebrating. And Big Boy is thinking about his dad. That it for you, dad. Finally, I've gotten revenge. Though, I guess, not really revenge, but... You know, he, he's done it. He's done it. And now the next day, I guess he's the president now because he won the tournament. I thought he just got to kick out Jeffrey Jones, but I guess someone would have to take place of the president because Jeffrey Jones was the president. And the guy from the Gulf Association shows up and he meets with Big Boy and Big Boy's crew. They're all dressed nicely because, you know, they're being super professional. And the golf guy decides, yes, it's time for this country club to get the U.S. Open. And they have the U.S. Open, and Jeffrey Jones is watching from prison, and he's all upset. And one of his fellow prisoners says he's got to give him the remote or his mouth. Because it's a PG-13 movie, he can't say, or your ass. Or maybe they just want to, you know know for sure want you to know for sure like you know it's not a metaphorical like you'd be giving not a metaphorical ah, not a metaphorical it's your ass no it's literally your ass i'm gonna fuck if you don't give me that remote and then we get some outtakes which actually are kind of funnier than any of the jokes in the movie so i don't know why they got left on the cutting room floor and I was hoping for a gopher cameo, at least at the end or after the credits, but no, nothing. How the fuck do you remake Caddyshack and not include a gopher scene? You know, even just briefly, like a little wink and nod. I, I guess they figured like, okay, well, this movie has black people. So the people who watched the original Caddyshack aren't going to watch this. So why put in a? Gopher. Because you do. It's a fucking Caddyshack remake. 
I'm pretty sure Caddyshack 2 had the gopher too, didn't it? I don't know. I never watched Caddyshack 2, and the great uh, consensus is that it's completely terrible. So you shouldn't watch Caddyshack 2. And you shouldn't watch Who's Your Caddy. Well, Red, I don't think you should watch Caddyshack 1 either. It's really not that good of a film. So, but you know how it goes. Velvet Al at Hotmail.com. Give suggestions. I have taken suggestions. Not from anyone who emailed me, just from friends. But if you email me a suggestion, I will try to get to it. And if you just want to write something, I will read on the air, viewer mail. And I just get, I get none. But your other option is to leave a comment on the YouTube video if you're watching a YouTube video. And I do have some comments that are actually kind of old and I just never bothered to read on the air because I didn't think about it. Because I was so focused on the email that no one sends me. So, for Velvet Owl watches just what the doctor ordered so you don't have to. Which, if you remember, was the great film with Eric Roberts as pretending to be a doctor who's stalking a woman. So, it's Oscar, spelled with a Z. It's is with a Z, not Oscar. That would be weird. Oscar. It's Oscar says, Watch the Stalk by My Doctor movies because they are amazing. They come before this, by the way. And laughing face. Which... I did not know at the time of recording that episode that this was a fucking series. And I haven't watched the other ones yet. Maybe one day. Because I just think that's actually kind of glorious. Like this whole series of Eric Roberts being this insane doctor stalking people and killing them. I don't I don't know. I know he stalks them. I don't know if he ends up killing any of them. Um, I don't remember. I think he killed someone in just what the doctor ordered, didn't he? Um, that that mo- that one was a while ago. That was months and months ago, and I've already forgotten it. But it is like the second most viewed video on my YouTube channel as far as the watches movies, so you don't have to videos go. Number one still by a wide mile is Baby's Day Out. But still on with the just what the doctor ordered, someone responded to its oscar stevie love said it's amazing how unreal those films are like no way he would have gotten away with it like the halloween movies they would have killed michael myers like with this guy they want him to get away with it and continue to kill people so yeah um i guess give it a shout out um Make it a movie night. Do a movie marathon of the Eric Roberts Doctor Lifetime movies. I don't I don't know how many there are in the series. But there's at least two. <laughs> That's I would assume three. If we're gonna call it a series. There's there's gotta be at least three f- Doctor films. But yeah, I might do that one day. Maybe a future episode, I will do one of the other Doctor movies. I don't know. What do you guys think? Hit me up. Let me know. YouTube comment or velvetowl at hotmail.com.
And also, check out my other podcast. Yes, I am staring at your boobs. And that's all I have for now. I may one day start a yet another podcast. I did think about doing a podcast, a true crime podcast, where I'm topless and holding a cat. Because the three great, the three most popular things on the internet are true crime podcasts, cats, and boobs. But I don't know if I could find someone who. I probably can't find a woman who would be willing to supply the boobs part. So it would just have to be me. But it would require a lot of work in the whole true crime aspect and trying to figure that out. So one day if I ever feel like putting that effort, I will start that podcast. So until next time, this is Velvet Al. Velveting out.